0: The banks of the great river, high above the Allure Gorge. This is the Buzzer Podcast.
1: Indie music, new releases, industry insiders, out-of-the-box conversations with guests from the true north, from the west coast to the east coast, to across the pond,
0: and from down under. And now, here is Shay.
1: Hey, y'all! I am Shay. This is the Buzzer Podcast, independent music releases global coverage. Welcome and enjoy. The Buzzer Podcast will wind down Season 1 of both shows. The top shows of Season 1 will start airing September 6th. The shows airing has the top fan engagement, subscribes, and download count today we have Terry Kay from Terry Kay and 3tL out of Niagara on the Lake Canada the original broadcast aired on April 6 enjoy the show oh hi Terry hi Shay thanks for having hi. me appreciate it oh, thank the time. you I appreciate you coming on board appreciate that uh, so what type of music do uh, do you f- a favor putting out there because i I've been I've listened to all your music uh, most of it's acoustic if not all um, and uh, uh, could you explain your musical style Ooh,
0: um good question if I had a nickel for every time people ask me that uh, I'd probably have about a dollar right now what I've been <laughs> what I've been told is that um I'm a crossover
1: artist, yeah, I know that's why I asked the
0: question <laughs> with um, with the connotation being country Christian, kind of southern folk rock blues influence, um, which pretty much means I have no i no idea. Um, it is all acoustic on the first album, and going forward, it will be be less so. But to be honest, it was more of a um, work with what you got. And okay. I really didn't, I, re- I didn't want to get into, uh, you know, just getting a bunch of people and, and doing stuff for the sake of doing it. And it seemed to work.
1: Yeah, you did very well. Uh, so, Thank you. But started your interest in music did you start quite young
0: um i started in primary school about grade three wow (laughs) Um, yeah the um this teacher came came through the classroom and picked a few of us uh and said come with me and none of us knew what was going on and we went up to the library they put headphones on us and uh, they asked us if we could tell the difference between bars of music, you know, like counting one, two, three, four. And um, I guess I passed because a couple of weeks later I was issued a uh, trumpet and um, assigned music lessons at Wembley public school in Sudbury, Ontario with Mr. Email first. And, uh, Ended up in the Sudbury Public School Orchestra. And, oh, wow. You know, played trumpet th- throughout. Didn't for- enjoy it much and switched switched to guitar kind of because that's what was going yeah, on. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it cooler.
1: Yeah. Well, I didn't know a lot of girls who liked yeah, the trumpet. Yeah, I've heard that. I heard that. Actually, a good friend, I won't put his name on the podcast, but he uh, played that instrument for the Montreal Orchestra yeah it's mm-hmm. quite actually quite a difficult instrument it is very difficult and had i known that it, uh
0: later on in life um i could have used it for the blues uh it, it would have been great but back then i didn't know what the blues was and the only thing that i heard with you know on trumpet was Herb al- alpert and uh al hurt and uh didn't really you know didn't really appeal to me when the beatles and the stones and the animals and all those bands were
1: coming and, out. Of what, where did you hear those influences with your peers? Was it at your home or something you sought out? Um, well, I, I, I was born and raised,
0: grew up in Sudbury. And um, we were fortunate enough to have two radio stations. Okay. So there was um, a lot of stuff going on on the, uh, on the two radio stations. And... Uh, quite diverse actually um, so you know you were listening to I guess in 1964 you were listening to the Beatles and the stones you know satisfaction and I feel fine things like that and uh, along with all the novelty songs wrote at that time as well and all sorts of um, cultural songs different languages so it was you know though those that was the founding of uh of it, so that I think it's reflected. It's come down to being reflected in what I do, and when people say, "What's what's your style and what are your influences?" Well, I don't, know. I don't know, basically everything.
1: Yeah. You know? Did you follow jazz like Miles Davis? Or? Um,
0: I I did. I have a, a fairly extensive jazz collection, and uh, at various, you know, pretty much the same as everybody, I guess. Uh, at various times, I would go through a, a, a jazz phase. And at other times, I listened to a, a lot of classical music because of the uh, orchestral background that I had. And, uh, um, you know, at other times, uh, driving to and from community college in Ottawa, at the night, I was listening to Deep Purple and Rock. So it's, uh, it's hard to define what if there was a singular influence, I think now, um, with songwriting that's narrowed down. I mean, I, I have my favorites who have kind of influenced where I'm at right now. And it's people like Lyle Lovett, Towns Van Zant, Steve Earle, you know, those, those mm-hmm. people that, uh, I really respect and admire, especially Lyle Lovett. It's just, I've got virtually everything he's ever, ever done. He just, um, I like the way he sounds. He comes across as a really nice guy.
1: Oh, yeah, he actually does. <laughs> so, but your sound is unique. Um, did you set out to create a unique sound, or is it just something that happened? Or, like, usually something starts somewhere. Like, you don't just pick up the guitar and, uh, like, has your sound evolved over time? I guess I'm trying to ask
0: um i I guess it's always been there I mean I did the normal the normal thing that that most musicians my age did you, you went to high school um you were either you know playing football or hockey or, or something along those lines in Canada um or you um got a band together and um I did all that you know the, with the classic what's called it wasn't classic rock then but it's called classic rock now Um, just doing doing covers and um, I guess the evolution of of the sound was I just didn't want to sound like anybody else anymore and figured you know what these are my songs Um, take it or leave it they're not going to be everybody's cup of tea it really doesn't matter Um, I sound like like me, so I haven't really tried to um, emulate anybody. Although my my producer Rayburn Blake has mentioned that um, he wishes sometimes he had a a, dr- a draw knob on the on on the board to tune down the uh, the country drawl, but uh, I'm working on that. I like that part. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes,
1: yeah. so do
0: I. But again, it's like everybody hears it different, right? So, how long have you been songwriting? Oh, virtually for as long as I can remember, right back in primary school. Really? Yeah, the first song I wrote was I changed the words to uh, a song, I think it was by Johnny Horton called The Bismarck. And uh, the Russians had launched Sputnik. I'm dating myself now. And I changed the words to reflect the uh, space race between. The Soviet Union and the United States. And uh, that kind of, pardon the pun, launched my songwriting.
1: Okay. Not necessarily when you do a marker like that, you're dating. <laughs> uh, because, you uh, know, in my, uh, I guess my musical history, I listened to my parents' music. So Patsy Klein, Herb Albert. Uh, yeah, in my case, Johnny Cash, and then my sister was all a lot older than me. Uh, well, by enough in terms of music, and uh, I. I was into her music, the Stones and the Who and all that and then there was mine. Yeah, so. that would
0: have been my grandparents' music. So yeah. I,
1: I, I, <laughs> I hear you. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I don't know, you never know. I never know my, uh, my kids to listen to the Who and Beatles and it's like a new band to them. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. a good thing. Yeah, it's a good thing. Last forever. So let's talk about uh, some of your successes. You have s- offered seven categories. Yeah. Uh, for the uh, red carpet awards show. Yes. Yeah. Can you talk about that? And um, what
0: tracks are up? And yeah, to be to be honest, um, I was rather surprised. Big shout out to my management group, uh, Rosner Management Services in Vancouver for putting me in touch with. Um, Phyllis Saltergan down in in Texas. And um, we were talking about, you know, just the market in general and and various things. And she suggested that um, I might want to submit to the award show in, in Holland because she had some experience with it. And she said that it was rather unique in its, in its concept. They don't, uh, it's it's almost like um, a wine testing it's done blind the the, uh, the judges don't know who the artists are or, or virtually anything about them apparently so that's amazing i like yeah, that. yeah um and their magazine is called uh, uh country music fair play country music i believe i could be wrong if so i'm sorry but um i i submitted i i got in and when she told me i had a day and a half to submit so i thought well you know um, what the heck? And um yeah, I, I got notification back that I've been nominated in seven categories. I have no idea how they picked them out. Um, I made some suggestions, particularly with Promised Land, and I submitted my first album, uh Take a Little Ride, and it just mm-hmm. came back and they said, Congratulations, you've been nominated in these seven categories. Uh well, I had to search for the, where where my name was, and um, so you know, there there it kind of sits. I'm um, grateful and, and surprised, and um, you know, it's kind of a bit of a wow, um, unexpected, but um, truly truly grateful for the uh, the support and for Phyllis throwing it out there and you know, motivating me to do it.
1: That's very uh, successful. Um, it's a very great feat that uh, to have that many nominations. Yeah, it, it,
0: that's what i What I was surprised about. I mean, it, it, this whole thing has been, um, kind of surprising in a in a way. Um, the first album was meant to be a demo album. I had um, a serious health issue and had to, had to be hospitalized and we had all these tracks and uh we had planned on going back and reworking them you know adding extra vocals and some more parts and and the whole whole thing but um I'm umming a lot we uh decided to work with what we had because of my situation and we submitted, my banjo player pushed pushed me to submit to the Niagara Music Awards in 2019, and we were nominated for Album of the Year and, and Best Country Artist. And Is that for Take a Little so Ride? For Take a Little Ride, yeah, and it was, it was meant to be a demo, so we kind of looked at each other, scratched our heads, and said, hmm, we might have something here and might as well continue on the adventure, and that... um that adventure is manifesting itself in the the second album. It's part of a three album trilogy as uh, I think I mentioned in our um, pre interview talks. It's part of a three, Mm -hmm. it's part of a three album trilogy and promised land is the first single from the, the second album. So the trilogy works itself out um, to uh, take a little ride, which is as it suggests, it's sort of, was meant to become a, you know, come on a journey with me, us, uh, and then tell me a story. Was meant to get a little deeper into it, and the third um, album is uh, tentatively called "Rest in Peace." Is that the title and, of the album? Uh, it's going to be the title of the album, yeah. And hopefully, hopefully, it'll uh, get done before I do.
1: Well, let's go.
0: And that's gospel or country. um it's more it's more of the same only it's evolving. Um, I'm adding I'm adding a little bit more more depth. the um the big one of the big changes in Promised Land was introducing the Stephen sisters. There are three sisters uh, from Niagara on the lake here who have you know, harmonized and sang together all their lives. and I just think their vocals were were beautiful, so we we came down and uh, kind of two takes and had their part on Promised Land. And going forward with the with the second album, there are going to be more vocals. Uh, I've uh, got a electric guitar player involved in the project uh, now, so it's not purely acoustic. Uh-huh. And, yeah, and heaven knows we might even uh, introduce a drummer sooner, sometime sooner or later.
1: Okay, awesome. So, are they? Do they comprise the three TL? Yeah, they they kind of do. Three TL
0: um, isn't really a band; it's more of a collective. Okay. And yeah. what my what my idea was was um, that that people who wanted to play on, you know, who wanted to do my music could if they if they wanted to. and uh, it sort of had a, a free form. now, having said that, a lot of the uh, the core members have chosen to stick around and, and see what's you know where this is all going, which is wonderful. but um, it was it was kind of kind of based on on just sharing a creative concept. I, I didn't uh, I didn't write parts for anyone. Mm -hmm. they just all um which was kind of weird to be honest uh, a lot of people when they come down originally I was just speaking to a a guitar player in Sudbury who's going to be on one of the um, the tracks and hopefully a few more as well and you know typically he said so what do you want me to play how do you want it to sound you know all those type of things and I I told him what I've told everyone in in um Three t l is you'll you'll hear it, so listen to the music and and, and play your part mm-hmm. and um, fortunately it's it's kind of worked out, and it's 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 quite um it's an interesting feeling for me hearing the interpretation because ninety five percent of the time, if not more, what these individuals are contributing are exactly what I've heard. It, it's like if you listen to it and you play it, this is this is the way it should sound. And if it doesn't, then you're not meant to play. You're not meant to be part of that 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 sound at that time, which is okay as well. Everybody understands that and is cool with it, and it works. Uh, it works really really well. I'm blessed that these the, the people that I'm working with. Have embraced that and are are part of
1: it. I love that. I love that you, that you allow such creative freedom in a collaboration like that. This this says a lot. It's great. What is the old men project? <laughs> well,
0: the songs, the project's called "Songs for Old Men," and it, <laughs> it, I could give you a couple. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, well, it's it's a discerning taste, you know, it's it's not for everyone, but um it inco- it it encompasses and incorporates the three albums and, and if you look at it from the perspective oh, okay, of the okay. Songs for Old Men, it's Take a Little Ride, um oh, Tell Me a okay. Tell Me a Story and Rest in Peace. And uh, what I, what I realized was um music has an appeal and the, the appeal is generally quite universal. Yes. but also um i had to be realistic and i have a a targeted demographic with people who still care about lyrics cuz i I've, I've been told i write stories and um you do and also people who want to hear new things that they're familiar with and not just rehashes of their glory days you know listening to classic rock and and, there, and there's nothing wrong with it i mean I, I I do it all the time but i I kind of wanted to bring the option of hearing new material done in a way that they could still um, sort of understand and embrace i mean the the stuff that that we're doing if we had the budget we were considering putting it on on vinyl so people could play with it. Mm. Um, We still do, uh, I've still done CDs, so it's not all just streamed. And um, it's been rewarding. I've had a lot of feedback saying, you know, um, I got your CD and I listened to it in the car. And, you know, the joke is what, you still have a CD player in your car. It's sort of like eight tracks, right? Yeah, I was about to say that. <laughs> but Yeah, but uh, people do. And mm. that's exactly who it was in, intended for as far as the majority of my audience. Okay. And, and it's, a, it's as simple as that. Like, you have to be realistic. I'm not going to be uh, appealing in a broad sense to two or three generations younger than myself there may be the odd song that somebody clicks into and goes i like that song I like the melody or the lyrics strike me at a, at a particular time but not for the whole thing so when you take a look at songs for old men i thought that was um just knowing a lot of a lot about old men um that it, that would kind of simplify it for it. it's like oh okay Songs for old guys. I'll give it a listen. Kind of make kind of makes sense, doesn't it? Uh,
1: I like the idea. <laughs> yeah, it does. It's kind of cute. <laughs> um, and, and so we're going to listen to Promise Land uh, soon. Uh, I, I'd like you to tell us a bit about the song. It seems definitely gospel. Am uh, I wrong?
0: There, there is no, there is no right and wrong.
1: Okay. Thank
0: you. And that's where I get the crossover thing. It's um, quite a few of of my songs, or so I've been told, and the way I look at them as well is they're subject to interpretation and based on the perspective of the the person who's listening to them. Uh,
1: Yeah. Okay. I can see that. I can see that. I can see that. And this is the second album. In, uh, at, uh, it's the first single from the second album. Yes, where you uh, introduce the Steven sisters. Yep. Well, sir, it's a great chart. Charla, Sherilyn, and Jody. Ah, uh, and how long have they been singing together? Well, they're they're sisters,
0: so um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, they probably. If you watch Nash- Nashville on on the television at any time, they probably have spent most of their lives uh, singing together. At least that's what they told me, and you can tell. I mean, they were. Um, it was a pleasure to to work with them. We came in, uh, gathered around the mic, two takes, asked how we liked it, and we kind of went sounds pretty good. And I made one very minor suggestion about um, uh, you know taking two words out. And we, we went with it there, and it turned out, well, in my opinion, I, I love the way they sound.
1: Yeah, I love the record. So we're going to listen to Promised Land. It was released February 14th of this year.
2: Take me. To the
0: promised land Lead me Take my hand Take me to The promised land again I was once there
2: Before To return I swore
0: Take me to the promised land Again searched for silver, found gold, called the wrath, felt the cold,
2: heard stories too fantastic to believe, I heard laughter, seen pain, walked in sunlight, drowned in rain, now I'm on my own again.
0: Live my life the way I choose. Make mistakes, break the rules. Done
2: many things that others never do. The one I won and lost. The damn, the cost. On the sea, dreams was tossed. Shattered dreams behind me, in my wake. Take me the promised land lead me take Take my my hand hand. take me to the promised land again i was there once before to return again i swore take the way, I don't really care. Life, Life is, is one, what you made, son, one, one more round, round then, then she's done, take me to take the promised land, land again. again. Once before
1: To return again I swore Take me to the promised
2: land again Take me to the promised land Take me to the
1: promised land Take me to the promised land, me to the promised land again So... You've had great feedback from this. Like we already talked about, is it, is this one of the songs that's up for a nomination, or is it? The- it is. It's the. I it's, thought so.
0: It's sort of um, the the song in many categories because um, one of the things that you know, Philip uh, Phyllis um, pointed out was it's definitely crossover, and. Yeah. I, I hadn't really given things much thought about where it was. I, I when people asked me what my what genre of my songs were, I I don't know, you know, whatever whatever you want. But she and uh, Bruce Jackson, who runs Blast uh, Blast FM, and um, Mark Rosner gave them all a listen. And they all agreed that it was it was crossover. It was definitely crossover, and um, so we went with that. You know, and, and that's that's kind of leading the leading the charge with the new sound. Hopefully people will like it and they'll take a take a look back at the first album and say where did where did this come from? And they can see a bit of an evolution.
1: Yeah, that happens a lot. That happens a lot. Um many artists uh cross over like it's Happening since the dawn of time, but late, lately there's been quite a lot like uh, rap and hip hop into Latin and Latin into hip hop and uh, well, rock uh, got a lot of influence from yeah. blues, right? So, well, thing. but honestly, you're the and this is the truth, you're the third artist this week that is. Uh, describe themselves as uh, more of a crossover and a combination of genres versus one specific genre. So it might be something that becomes a thing, that people take it for the music and they don't put it in a certain category. Well, when I was of a, a certain
0: age, once again, not to date myself, but there, there weren't so many categories. It was either pop and rock and... You know, folk of country, yeah, and that was that was about it. I mean, there was jazz and classical and and other stuff, but not not broken up into all these into all the subgenres and the different things that are going on going on now. So, yeah, it's hard to categorize when you're sitting back someone like me. I'm just writing a song and and putting it out there. and it's it's really up to whoever's listening to it to decide what the perspective is, you can listen to promised land and see it as a a gospel Christian based type of song, or you can see it as a relationship. And, And most of my songs are based on that dual perspective where you can, you can look at it in one of two or three different ways based on a relationship that you're having Spiritually, or a relationship that you are having f- physically, or a relationship that you are simply having emotionally with yourself.
1: Yeah, it makes sense. Well, the next two tracks that we're going to be uh, listening to in the podcast um, are from the uh, first album, "Take a Little Ride." Uh, do you still offer and have uh, the limited edition compact discs that includes the lyrics?
0: Yep, still do. Um, when I when I did it, I wanted to have um, again old school. I have a uh, what they call a glass mastered CD. Supposed to be better. Well, at least I, I have to pay more for it. And mm-hmm. um, I say that. Yeah. Then the then the uh, the packaging includes a lyric book, and you know it's it's something that that I used to do every Friday and and, and Saturday we'd get together with friends and we'd bring over the albums that we bought that week and we'd share them and we'd share the experience and pass around the stuff. So I still wanted that touchy feely kind of thing uh, going on. So the quick answer is yes, because the timing was to be that April of last year, we were going to do our CD release party and then COVID threw Mm -hmm. a pretty big wrench into that whole, whole year. So there's uh, there's still a, a limit of number. Get them while they're hot.
1: Yeah, no, I see it is offered on Bandcamp.
0: Yeah, Bandcamp's the my only platform right now, other yeah. than other than Facebook.
1: Yeah, it's a good platform. It's a good platform. But didn't you think that was the most incredible experience of buying album? Was reading the lyrics. And the backstory and the inside cover, to me yeah. that was Yeah, I yeah. thought it. Was I still to this day if I buy a, a, we, I have a vinyl collection that's growing, and um, uh, some of those older uh, albums. It's insane the amount of detail and work they put into oh. uh, their albums well, and their what their, artwork. Inside cover? Oh, yeah, um,
0: everybody was high and really into it, right? So it's like, um, geez, I can't remember which Zeppelin album it was, but it was the one that came in the brown paper bag. And when you pulled the album out, it was blank. And for the longest time we didn't we didn't know what was going on. And then one day somebody spilled a beer on it, and all this graphic came out of the uh, of the album cover and we went, holy cow, like there there was just that kind of creativity. And that also was part of a collective type environment. People appreciated their photography, they appreciated the artwork, they appreciated the lyrics. like it was a total experience, mm-hmm. which yeah. um which I'm hoping that is, is still exists today, but probably just in a in a different uh, in a different form.
1: Oh, I think it well. I think it does. Or younger yeah. generations wouldn't be playing the music. Yeah, exactly. Right? And I think you're referring to the Led Zeppelin album "In Through the Outdoor." Yeah, it was released in 1979. <laughs> Again, yeah. my grandfather had that had that for me. Put it. <laughs> uh, well, I love your first album. I really do. Oh, thank uh, you very much. I, like I love it. Um, uh, we're going to listen to "Hard Rock Town." Can yeah, you tell us a bit about that story? Um not much to tell really. Um,
0: oh. it's um what it's what, about? what's about it, what it's about is where I where I grew up and what's been interesting about it is Ah, Sudbury. Uh, unsolicited a lot of people have come back to me and said mm-hmm. uh, really like that Sudbury song. <laughs> and at first I kind of went, "Oh, um, you, I, I, I didn't know that people would get it. But um, I guess people, particularly from the north and, you know, Sault Ste. Marie, Sudbury, anywhere north of, uh, I, I was going to say Barrie, but they're not really included. I, anywhere north of Barrie Sound certainly gets it. And um, it is just a simple reflection about, up there, you didn't have a lot of, a lot of choices. When I grew up, it was a, it was a two, two company town. There was International Nickel and Falconbridge, And mm-hmm. your choice was to do that or not. And, um, some people stayed, they didn't necessarily work for those two companies, but they stayed in, in town, you know, and it was driven by those two companies and a lot of other people left. And, uh, Sudbury is sort of like, in a way, a little like Newfoundland and and Ireland, where there are a lot of people who've left to become successful, but never really forgotten where they came from.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's I. I'm trying to remember back to my high school, uh, my childhood uh, summer uh, vacation. Sudbury is the one with that big nickel, right? It, it is. It That's is. what I thought. I'm going. Ah, and you have a magnetic yes. hill. No, magnetic hills in New Brunswick. Okay, well, I got power half of it right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, uh, I, no, I remember that. I remember going there. It's a, it's a nice town, and it's known as a mining town. But I, I gather it wouldn't be anymore. Or is it still not, not so much? I mean, things have have changed as times have moved
0: on. You know, mining is done completely different. Uh, than it than it used to be. There aren't as many people working in that in the industry as there were were before. Um there's a, a huge data center that the um federal government put in for taxation. So oh, yeah. it, it's it's grown in that respect and with affiliated businesses. You have Laurentian University and Science North and all sorts of great things that have been happening up there. And uh even though I don't get back much, it's still uh, fondly remembered. It was a really great place to, to grow up and a real um, down-to-earth, no BS population. It was, uh, there was a standing, standing joke when I, was, when I was going up. The town motto was, if you can't take a joke. So it was either fight or flight. And mm. uh, it, that was
1: pretty much it. And which simplified things in a lot of ways. Yeah. Well, you wrote a great tribute to your hometown and we're going to hear Hard Rock Town.
2: Voices. We're out of town So I thought I'd take my chances And I packed my bag to leave the Last thing I remember My folks said Was you'll always have a place To rest your head So don't you worry son Good luck Godspeed So come on baby Hold on tight it's only me and you here tonight Come on, darling, let's reminisce About that hot rock town Some of my friends stayed behind They spent their lives in Smelters and mines. Some of them chose the open road Like me Can't say who was right, who was wrong Five of them stayed behind, seemed hard and wrong The ones that left, I can only speak for me So come on, baby, hold on tight There's only me and you here tonight Come on, darling, let's reminisce About that hard rock town My share of ups and downs Mistakes and breaks A little give and there, a little take I can only hope and pray that for all the rest The choices they made were for the best Cause life ain't easy We lived in a smelter of mine Come on, baby, hold on tight, there's only me It's only me and you here tonight. Come on, darling, let's reminisce about that hard rock town. So come on, baby, turn out lights. Close your eyes and dream tonight. You know.
1: Honestly, uh, Terry, that was the first track I listened to when I Googled your name. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it. I really do. I, it, it's, uh, it, it's incredible. It's an incredible song. Incredible song. Uh, we're going to hop right to the, um, uh, the, we talked about your collaborations. Uh, you, uh, it seems it was the Collective and the Steven sisters. Uh, you collaborate quite Oh, a lot of, I, I guess, daily as a musician. Do you collaborate when you songwrite? Um, not so much with the pure
0: songwriting. The collaboration that I have, as I said, is I, I leave holes and I allow, ah, and yeah. I allow people to fill them in with what they're hearing and what they're feeling when they hear the song. The most collaboration I've had, I was really fortunate to... Um, make the acquaintance of a gentleman by the name of Rayburn Blake here in, in Niagara on the Lake. Um, Rayburn is the producer of the first album and the second album. So so far, all the all the songs he's staying engaged, and uh, he has a, a history in music and sound engineering and recording and and producing the uh, the whole nine yards he uh, he played in a in a band that had a, a worldwide number one hit in 1970 called mash mccann mm-hmm. and um other other successful lisa Hart band other bands um over the years he was also involved in uh the uh, the staging and the sound of the du Maurier jazz festival for years in in toronto so he really knows his stuff, and if you talk about collaboration, it it might not be so much in the actual writing and creation of the song, but the essence of of how it was supposed to sound, and where things sit and the balance. It, it's it, it was way more complicated. I, I've done a lot of live stuff, uh, you know, playing on stage, and so you kind of you kind of learn a little bit about how to balance things off properly, but not to the extent that Rayburn brought to the to the table. and it's uh, it's a continuing collaboration to to now. I mean he's working on all this the stuff with me. I bounce a lot of it um, off him for his uh, input and his feedback. and I feel very comfortable if he says, yeah, I, can, I like that, I can work with that. Then I feel comfortable that we have something, and the evolution of the project, with introducing more and more um, different aspects, like I said, the electric guitar and more, more vocals, mm-hmm. uh, it has also put us into a position where I started understanding, you know, basics about how to do it professionally using tempo maps and and building. Arrangements properly, and, and you know, just how to do do stuff that I could have never learned on my own without Rayburn's uh help and, and influence. And he's just been, uh, to me, a god, a godsend, actually.
1: He also uh contributed as part of the cooperative. Uh, is that the guitar? Yeah, and he keyboards? plays
0: um. I would have liked him to to have you know like wound out and played a lot more electric guitar, but uh, he plays mm-hmm. all the lap steel parts. Um, he has played the Mash McCann Strat on a couple um, couple tunes. Only need one friend in in particular, where um, the the cooperation was was there for mm-hmm. the the guitar part. And as a producer, he's put in other bits and pieces, a little bit of keyboards on uh, Queen of Broken Hearts, and uh, we even got him playing what we call bedroom drums, because we had to put him in the bedroom and close the door and muffle things with <laughs> duvets on um, I, think, I think two tunes on the first album, Pretty Baby,
1: and he just... He just wound out on that one. It was great. Yeah, that was my next question. I'm going either I don't know what I'm. I'm going bedroom drums. What's that? <laughs> okay, cool. I like uh, I like that internal joke. I love that. I love that. Um, and his company, just so I do a shout out to him, is Rayburn Blake Productions on Niagara on the Lake, right? Exactly. Cool, that'd be great. Uh, so I'd like to talk about white coat, white trash because we're going to hear that soon. White coat, white trash
0: is different. The um, songwriting is very difficult to explain to people, and I don't even attempt to, uh, to do that. But our banjo player, Jim Hill, um, originally from Timmins, spent most of his life in Alberta, is a retired pharmacist. And he had been working in northern Alberta. We were doing a, a session uh, with a bass player um, named Alan Ash, who has played um, on a few songs on the first album, now is probably going to be uh, playing on 95% of the, uh, the second album. Mm-hmm we're getting to know each other after a session sitting and sitting on the couch and they were, they were chatting. And Jim was relating a story about when he was working in the pharmacy in Northern Alberta and how the drug problem in Northern Alberta was just horrendous. And uh, he was saying that, yeah, you know, he used to get up in the, in the morning and, go into the pharmacy which was part of a grocery chain you know how they have the pharmacies in the in the grocery stores and mm. it was all it was all caged in it was all locked and behind a behind a cage and uh, he said yeah one one morning and it wasn't just one morning it wasn't an unusual experience but there was this one guy who showed up and he'd been up all night and you could tell and um either homeless or he hadn't bothered to go home for quite some time because he had a, a peculiar odor about him and was coming down. And he went into the pharmacy and was rattling Jim's cage, looking for a handout um of something. And it was, it was that story when he was saying, and he, he said, yeah, he, he was, you know, trying to be very nice at the beginning and asking me for support. And he said, "I, I couldn't, you know, I'm not going to give him any oxycontin through the through the cage or uh, whatever." And he said he just got, you know, started getting a little bit more belligerent. And he said he turned to me and he said, "You know, yeah, who the do you think you are? You could be me, it's white coat, white trash." And I was sitting in the background, and I went. What a great line for a song. And a week later, Jim and uh, came down and I said, so what do you think? And that was white coat, white trash. It it was right at the time when the whole um, COVID, not COVID, but the OxyContin and the fentanyl, thing was running rampant in the news a lot yeah. of people were overdosing and things like that and I didn't notice I didn't know at the time but I I ended up writing a song that had a certain amount of social awareness as well and pointing mm-hmm. out to a, to a problem but at the time it was just one of those triggers that went wow there's a story and I didn't need to ask Jim for any further detail the rest of it just sort of all, Pieced itself together based on the, on that, so it uh, it worked. It re- and it seems to have resonated with quite a number of people, actually. Mm, it resonated
1: with me. That's why I chose it to play next. No, okay, great. <laughs> I love it. So next up, white coat, white trash.
2: Drinking numbs pain. Most time I don't remember my name. Don't really matter how it got this way. Slide me some oxy, I'll be on my way. What do you mean you won't give me no shit I ain't asking for much, you son of a bitch You think you're so much better than me Well come on outside, maybe we'll see be What it take to open
1: That was a, another great track. I can see why your music is being nominated and recognized uh, in the industry. Congratulations on that success! Oh, thanks again. So we need to look for your uh, album that's coming up at some point in the future. Rest in peace. The, the next one's called uh, "Take a Ride." Take a ride.
0: Okay. Uh, and. Uh, the way it's going right now, I've got most of it tracked. We're just looking to fill in the um, the holes with an additional guitar player and um, additional vocals. Okay. Which is a little difficult right now because of COVID. Nobody. It's hard getting people, you know, all in the same studio around the mic, um, spraying each other, sort of, you know. So, it's taken a little bit longer than. Um, I would have hoped, but we're targeting sometime in the, in the summer for its, its completion. What I would like to do is have it ready so that I can submit the second album to the Niagara music awards and see what happens with a little bit more effort instead of, you know, um, and see if luck is still on, on our side. So that's underway. And, um, the third album rest in peace I've also got all the material organized for that and some of it tracked it um hopefully w- will be out this time next next year God willing um yeah you know it's one of those things with with the on again off again covid lockdown uh, unlock down the lockdown stuff that's going on and everybody's nervous but uh I, we think we figured out a, a workaround using the technology. It's not quite the same, but um, it's better than nothing. Yeah. Everybody's in that situation right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Except in Texas. Yeah, Pardon me? Except in Texas and Mississippi, right? Uh,
1: yeah. They lifted
0: all restrictions and stuff. God bless them. I, I hope they're all safe and that and, and it works for them.
1: Yeah. Scary, though. Uh, uh, there's so so much ambiguity around the topic and what's right and what's not right. I tend to just observe. Yep. Yeah, yeah. God willing, everything will work out (laughs) for everybody. I just hope that there's uh, people that have been affected by it drastically uh, come out of it. So, Terry... If somebody was to follow you, you're most active on Facebook and your music is available on Bandcamp to purchase?
0: That is correct. TK3TL.Bandcamp.com. We chose the platform because it, from my perspective, I've been in business most of my my life. Um, It just looked like it would work for us. It's simple. It's easy. It's honest um to both the customer and the artist which is great um didn't even bother creating a website because i figured they offered an opportunity to you know about the band so anything i would have put on a website can be found there if people are looking to uh, to find out a little bit more about us it's it's there and also it's um it's easy. You can listen to the whole track. I think, I think they say three plays so that you can, you know, before you press the the button and say, I'd like to order this or download it. And uh, it's just a lot simpler. I'm, I'm of a generation where my attention span isn't what it used to be. And my attention to detail, I, you know, I can get very frustrated very quickly with the technology. So I wanted to be able to say, if you go there, and you want to hear a song? There it is. Press play. If you like it, you can buy it. If you if you like a couple of them, it's much cheaper to buy a CD for ten bucks, and I'll ship it to you than anything else. And for the social aspect of it, and just what's going on right now, I, I know that Facebook is you know has some negative connotations in the press, but it work it works really well with uh, with what we're doing Mm -hmm. and and the people we're reaching i I find it very comfortable and as long as you don't get drawn into some of those other dark corners of it it's um it's brilliant in, in my opinion yeah
1: fair enough fair enough i do agree with you on bandcamp it's uh it is my favorite platform uh, for music and distributing the music and it's fair to the artists and they were amazing during uh and I think they're still doing it since covid hit they've been having uh friday specials where a, a good portion if not all i think go back to the artists if they purchase they don't yeah they don't take their cut yeah, that's, oh, right. That's, well, that's, that's right. That's what they're doing. Yeah, so I have a Bandcamp uh, account, but it's to buy music. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much for coming on board uh, and being a guest. Uh, it was an incredible show. Love your music. I look forward to hearing uh, the next Take a Ride and uh, the third album when it comes out. Rest in peace.
0: Thanks very much, Shay. I appreciate the opportunity, and uh, take care, and God bless.
1: Thank you. God
0: bless.
1: Bye. Well, thank you all for tuning in to the Buzzer Podcast Network. Season two begins soon. The Buzzer Podcast will wind down season one of both programs. The top episodes of season one will start airing September the 6th. These are the Season 1 shows with leading fan engagement, subscribes, and download count. The gratitude I have for the remarkable artists who share their music on the Buzzard Network is over the moon. To our loyal listeners, thank you for tuning in and being a powerful part of our achievement. Because of you, The Buzzer Podcast is top 10% of the most popular shows out of over 2.6 million podcasts right by Listen Score. Follow us on Instagram at TheBuzzerO Media and on Twitter at TheBuzzerIndy. Subscribe these at BuzzerFod.com. Without you, none of what we do is possible Listen in and remember Without music, our canvas is blank On Air Indie From my path to yours Over the airways Until next time, cheers y'all